Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go, go, go. Well, the Scottish Cup gets underway again tonight. The weekend starts with Hibs against Cove Rangers. Tomorrow, Rangers against Stirling Albion. And then on Saturday, pick of the bunch, and there's some great ties, Aloha against Celtic. Well, the league, though, has hotted up. Uh, well, if you're a Celtic fan or a Rangers fan, it's going to be some end of the season. Is it the end of the season we can talk about? Leanne Crichton is with us. You were at Petordry the other night, Leanne. Rangers, is it a point gained or lost, would you say? Only, I think, come the end of the season will that probably really be the tail and tail. I thought it was a a really strong performance from Aberdeen the other night. I think we can see now that there's other teams that are strengthening, there's other teams that are now getting a bit of consistency in form and, you know, I think both sides of the old firm are going to find it really tough to go out the rest of this season without dropping points, but it's certainly getting a lot more exciting than the title race that we had last year. Points are going to be dropped probably by both of them. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I think that's the way that you want Scottish football to be. You know, travelling up to Putaudry on Tuesday night to cover that game, it would the, you know, even as a, a reporter covering it, a pundit, it's not the same vibe if it's going to be a walkover or you know that one team's going to come away with a win. So um, thoroughly yeah. enjoyed the game and, you know, was across the, the Celtic game, Hibs on Monday night. Again, a really strong performance first half from Celtic. But you could see that Hibs, you know, are strengthening again with Sean Maloney getting in there. But, they, you know, they've got lots that they can improve on and I think we can see across the league um, as I say it's going to be so so tight a lot going on in the background we're speaking to one of the biggest names in the game in a few moments joining us live the Zoom call it'll be ready in a second or two Simon Donnelly we saw you and heard you on Monday night Celtic uh, got 22 off uh, with a bang 2-0 against Hibs but the performance especially the first half was a bit special yeah first half really good Paul Uh, high intensity Survived a little scare after three minutes. I think Hibbs possibly should have scored that one. Has uh, yep. came to Nisbet a wee bit quick at the back post. Hasn't anticipated it. And Celtic go right up the park. And Maeda, four minutes into his debut, finds himself on the penalty spot, stroking one into the back of the net. So Celtic were really uh, impressive. Hitati had a really good 45. <clears throat> I didn't expect him to keep it up. You know, he, he covered every bit of grass yeah. in that first half. And considering the Japanese boys hadn't played a lot of football before that uh, I, I, I thought they might kind of die a death in the second half which proved to be the case after about an hour but he certainly showed enough in that first 45 minutes Hitati in particular that he's going to be a big player for Celtic Well it's going to be some uh, rest of the year coming up Rangers for example we heard on the show last night <clears> that uh, Morelos has been called up by Colombia so he will miss Celtic against Rangers on February the 2nd and for Celtic well, we know that uh, some of the players will be away on duty for Japan will the game go ahead we'll talk about it uh, tonight but joining us now uh, there's only two managers have got to a cup final this season took their teams to the cup final Ange Postacoglu 
And Jack Ross took Hibs to the final. But of course, as we know then, in one of the most astonishing moves, uh, he wasn't there as manager because he left the club just uh, 10 days before it. And Jack is joining us live here on the Go Radio Football Show. Jack, good evening. Thanks for joining us. How are you, Paul? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Good after that terrible introduction. I was just getting, I thought we didn't have you. Not that one there, just right at the top. Uh, I can see you there. I hope you can see Leanne <clears throat> and Simon here in the studio. Uh, you know, listen, we were uh, baffled uh, about it. You'd taken them to the cup final. How did you feel that night uh, when you beat Rangers and took them to the final? What, what was your feeling? Um, obviously one of elation, but what was going through your mind? Um, I think I think in the aftermath of that semi-final, I think actually you have the excitement of looking forward to a National Cup final. I'd been fortunate enough to take Hibs to the, to the Scottish Cup of the previous season, but um, in that season when there was no supporters, I had a very different feel around it. So I think to to look forward hopefully to the opportunity to go back to full handing um, was an exciting one. However, we were, even at that point, we were in a our league form had dipped. So I think even though we had enjoyed the successful semi-final victory, we still had a lot of focus on addressing the league form. And, you know, subsequently we weren't you know, able to do that well enough, if you like, to, in order for us to be charged for the cup final. So I, I think at the time when you, when you win that semi-final, you don't for one second imagine that you wouldn't be in charge for the final, especially when it was coming round um, so quickly. Um, but as I said, unfortunately, I wasn't. And then you have to move on from I mean, when we saw the result at Livingston, which turned out to be your last game, you thought, well, that's not good. I know it'd been a really difficult run in the Premiership. Did you have any idea at the end of that game that that would be your your last time as manager of Hibs? Um, no, I mean, I certainly think that I was... I, I think every time I've managed, I've, I've always tried to set quite clear and, and ambitious targets for both myself and then the playing group that I've worked with. Um, and when you do that quite openly, then sometimes it can count against you because I think you're judged against your own standards. And so, you know, we're finishing for the previous season and, and getting to the last stages of cup competitions. We had set the bar fairly high. Uh, and even the start of this season, we had enjoyed, you know, a really positive start. Um, so I think we had dipped and I would acknowledge that. But, but I did probably feel as if that we had um, collectively had done enough in the, probably the previous two years to to hopefully enable us more time to try and ride out that period. But as I said, these decisions are made all the time in football. You know, I'm no different. There's, there's other managers that have found themselves in similar positions. And you do suffer. You know, I think you suffer as a manager when you're not winning games. And then you suffer when, when you lose your job. You take a lot of pride in what you do and you want to be successful. And so when it's deemed that, that you're not doing that, then of course it hurts. And the players, Leanne and Simon, are going to come in as well. <laughs> question I wanted to ask you was, where did you watch the cup final? I remember saying it on the programme here, saying, I wonder where Jack Ross is today on cup final day. Um, yeah, well, I didn't, I didn't watch it at all, to be honest. Um, yeah. uh, it, was a, it was actually, it was quite, yeah, it was a difficult afternoon for me because um, I think I was, you know, I formed such a close bond with players and staff and naturally I wanted them <coughs> to go and be successful. And, I, you know, I think it was important. I, I had the privilege of managing a brilliant club for a couple of years and so, I've been determined to try and bring success to the club and I think we had done that in relative terms. So it was a difficult afternoon. Um, chose not to watch it. Um, in truth, quite pleased when the game was over um, one way or another. I think that allowed me to move on a little bit as well. So no, um, yeah, I made the decision not to watch the game. 
Leanne, the players were still, I know sometimes dressing rooms are lost or whatever, but they had a cup final to go for. It wasn't going well in the league. It wasn't in like relegation. It was still there around for ready for the top six and ready to push for, for Europe. But you got the sense the players were, were gutted and in the role that they had played by letting him down in the league. Yeah, and I think that, Jack, how are you doing, first of all? Hi, Leanne. Yeah, no, I think listen as players you feel that responsibility and I think that's maybe the, the toughest part and, and Jack you can maybe account for that or not but you know leaving that job in that position with such good relationships with the players but ultimately you're the guy that loses your job and the players remain in their position and I think everybody on the outside could see it was a case of players underperforming. I think there was a, a few COVID cases in the other weeks Jack, is that right? In the run-up you were, you were hit quite badly in terms of the playing group and preparation for matches and stuff? Yeah, but I think we, you know, I, I think even in the aftermath of it, um, or certainly in, in, the, in the, the last few weeks, I, you know, I never really looked for excuses in that respect. I think you have to find a way to try and win games. And, you know, even in the aftermath of the, the COVID disruption we had, we produced the performance against Rangers. I think we just went through a period that, you know, in amongst probably the difficult run we were having, I would accept there was two or three games where I think we played really poorly, but there was probably four or five others where I think we were okay, and there was, you know, there wasn't a lot between us winning games and not winning them, and that that happens at times. Um, and I think the point you were saying earlier about you know players, and I've been in that position as a player, manager, have lost their job. You do feel responsible, particularly if you feel as if the environment and the culture is good and you're having relative success, but. I think when you accept the position of as a manager, you you have to accept that you're the one that, that will always carry the ultimate responsibility if results don't go well. And, and you know, I've been this long enough now to accept that, that that's the case. Simon? Yeah, hi Jack, how you doing? Uh, I'm hi Simon, you're just well. interested because, as you say, you get to a cup final last year, you finished third. Uh, with all respect to Hibs, being a, a big club in Scotland, that is, that is success for Obviously, you want to maybe go and try and win silverware, but do you think you've maybe kind of fell victim to your success? You know, because I think people at clubs just think you can automatically go and churn it out again. And as you quite rightly said there, I think you deserved a wee bit more time to turn it because Hibs, certainly when I've watched Hibs over the last few seasons, a very entertaining attacking side, some really good players in your team. And I always thought that they would turn it. You know, I, I think Hearts coming back into the league this year makes it a wee bit more difficult because it, they've strengthened again. But they're in the right half of the, the league again and I'm sure if you'd got the time, you would have turned it. Yeah, I think, Simon, I think the point about, um, you know, how you're judging, I mentioned that earlier about being judged against your own, judged against yourself, if you like. I mean, I think, I think Derek McInnes is probably the best case in point yeah. in recent times in Scotland for that, you know, I think what Derek achieved at Aberdeen consistently was outstanding, but he wasn't judged against previous Aberdeen managers. He was yeah. just against what he did there, and and I think that and that, that's okay. It's okay to a degree, but I think as long as, as sometimes other people have that understanding as well, and and also I think when you add into the mix, I think we do live in a world, not just a football world, but a world where you know people want change all the time yeah. and get Instant. bored very quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, you know, we want a new phone, a new car, we want and. We want a new manager, we want new players. I mean, players are the other thing that's, I mean, that's interesting because you don't even know, look at your playing days where there's a clamour almost now in every transfer window to have a high turnover <clears> of players. Yeah. And yet that, that shouldn't really be the case, but it's almost because we get bored of the same players. And I think that happens sometimes with the coaches and managers nowadays as well. It, the, the, the frequency of turnover of the managers and, and, and job and the, the longevity they have at clubs is, is getting shorter and shorter. 
you think the owners don't give up managers enough time? I know in your case, you felt, I saw your quotes, you felt you had enough in the bank with the, the, the taking them to the cup final, cup final last year, yeah. semi-finals. Do you think that Ron Gordon, <laughs> they, they panicked? Um, no, I mean, I think you just have to ask him that, Paul. You know, I yeah, think that sure. we, uh, you know, I, um, I, I was, I was, I, I think I've said the soreness of the decision because, I, as I said, I felt as if we had done a lot of good work in, in the two years. Um, I do think that that I've had different experiences of different owners at clubs and, and different senior management, and they all behave in different ways and have different ways in which they judge things, and that that that's okay. I think that the probably the clubs that in the modern era that have Greatest, the, the greatest stability are the ones that have the, long, the greatest longer term consistency success if you like and relative success so um, I think that would people would assume that to be the case but as I mentioned earlier in football it can be pretty difficult I think especially nowadays with 24-7 news coverage but yeah. you know the constant stream of opinion that, that appears very quickly on social media that can make people um react very quickly you know I think that's just part of the course nowadays as well and we saw you at Sunderland on the Netflix obviously Sunderland till I die and that really is in the spotlight Leanne isn't it you know everything every day there's there's footage there Jack where are we going to see you next give us the exclusive we might throw a few clubs at you but you actually um, you'll see it on our socials he's smiling looking good you're only 45 years old what's next for you um I don't know, Paul. I'm, I, I think that I um, this is the first probably break I've had in six years for management, and um, you know that job itself. I'm glad you pointed out that I'm only 45 because I look yep. a lot older from doing these years <laughs> of management. Um, it's a, but I, uh, I do Jack, that's what I, I was going to ask you. Sorry to interrupt. Have you enjoyed your time? You know, because it is 24/7 management and mm. and that side of it. Have you enjoyed yeah. that little bit of time just to get a breather? Yeah, I mean it's. I don't like not working. Um, not just the management. I'm used to working, and I'm yeah. kind of built that way. So that's been a little bit to adjust. But um, this has been the longest period, and I and I have, you know, I've built, it's probably taken me a few weeks to get over this appointment, and now I feel feel a lot more refreshed and starting to um, dip my toe in other opportunities. But I do, I do enjoy management, and yeah. and I do enjoy coaching, and it's um, so I miss it. I miss that as well. So I. I the truth is, it's probably that's what Paul asked earlier. I, I don't really know, to be honest. I'm quite open-minded about what lies ahead next, um, but quite prepared to, to be patient to make sure that whatever choice I make career-wise is, is the right one, because I think that's important as well. Jack, can I just ask you, I've had the, the pleasure of listening to you on the A-licence as well, and I know you're held in really high regard amongst the new kind of up-and-coming coaches that have, have been on those courses. Um, they speak very well, but is there anything from your time in your last two jobs, i.e. Sunderland and Hibs, that maybe going into the next job you would reconsider or there's things that you would do differently? Have those experiences changed management for you in any way? Um, I think, you know, when I've spoken on those courses, Leanne, I've, I've talked about that self-reflection all the time and yeah. the fact that I did it on a daily basis regarding sessions and then you do it after games, etc. I think when you get a job, you actually do it as well. And, and undoubtedly, there was um, those aspects of Sunderland. That, that then, when I moved forward to Hibs, I think Sunderland was um, was a was a brilliant, brilliant job, but also a really demanding job. And I think it was it was good experience for me to try and deal with noise, if you like. And um, I think I took that to Hibs and dealt with that better. Um, I think maybe moving forward, um, 
and I read and I was reading doing a bit of reading over over New Year and I think to sometimes um I think to to manage expectations is sometimes something that's important. Maybe that's something for me to deal with moving forward as well. Not to quell ambition but to to have ambition but to manage expectation, have realistic expectation at the same time for the for the whole club is maybe something that I've learned moving forward as well. Um and then in the broader I think in the broader picture, you know, from a coaching point of view, it's it's gonna allow me some time to to try and define what I do and keep moving forward with that and keep evolving because you mentioned all these young up and coming coaches and managers, they're all looking for something extra and something different. Um and it's important that you try and keep up with that as well. Yeah, no, I think it's really interesting because I think even when you look across other teams in, in the league as well and how managers must feel that Dundee United's probably another example. This year started the season so well. They're now with it a win in seven. Um and you you just think management is such a fine line between getting it right. It's so volatile, and going, can't uh-huh, it? Yeah, absolutely. It's so volatile and as Jack quite rightly says, sometimes just change for change's sake because, you know, that manager's been in the job for a certain amount of time. Let's change it, you know, and but it's only two years and look, I mean, we're never going to get the Alec Ferguson days back but the years, you, we, we you took him four years to win the cup. Yeah. There's no other job yeah. like football though no. sure. it's that cutthroat, you know, yeah. seven weeks worth and, and you're yeah. gone. So Jack, give us the exclusive. I, I, I haven't, I'm, we were trying to think about any jobs in Scotland. Obviously your stock's really high in <clears> England as well. Queen's Park, an ambitious club, Leanne Dempster, the chief executive. Yeah, I know you, I, I don't know if they've been in touch or whatever. Leanne, could you see that? You mentioned that beforehand. Could you see him? Listen, I've been speaking about Jack for weeks now. I know when the, the Kilmarnock job came up, I, I wondered if it would be, that would be one that would have yep. um, been an interest. But Jack will, will be the only one that, that can answer that. But certainly I think the Queen's Park job is an interesting one for anybody. I think there's loads of back and support. Um, I know Leanne Dempster and, and what she does and her kind of driving motivation within the game. And she's got a huge passion in terms of the women's side as well, which hopefully will come to fruition. But um, I would just love to see Jack Ross back in football at some point in the not too distant future anyway and I'm sure we will but you can't answer do you want to tell us are you going somewhere <laughs> you going? I'm, going, I'm going at this, at this time of year Paul and given that I've managed to just be I, was, I managed to get a family holiday just after New Year oh, and good. enjoy some sunshine so at this, oh, at this point yeah, I would love to, I'm going to go to I'm going to go to hot and sunny United because that's um, that would be my, that would be my preference yeah, yeah. I mean that, that's <laughs> right, the thing right. get away from these UK winners I know when Simon was asking there about the break but of course it's been Christmas New Year for people and uh, I'm glad you got some sunshine one of your old teams Alawa then up against Celtic and Barry Ferguson our own Barry uh, he's up against Ange um, any advice then for Barry what do you think about Alawa is there ever is there going to be romance in the cup for the Wasps first of all I think I know I'm sure Barry said this on many occasions it, it, it's a brilliant, what a brilliant club to work at. Um, you know, also fantastic pedigree in terms of producing managers. Um, fantastic chairman and Mike Moraney, who I think is is up there, certainly the best I've worked with, and how he supported me. Um, in terms of uh, preparing to play against Celtic, <laughs> I'm not going to help him too much. I want to say because it's, it's it's difficult. Um, they are undoubtedly um, from what Andrew's done since he took the job, and and he is very very. Um, I think single-minded, if you like, in terms of the way they play. But when when they when it clicks for them, they are very very good and very difficult to play against. So um, I'm sure Barry will be aware of that. Sure. Um, and, I, and I can't even say that you know the surface at Alawa has always been good, even though it's artificial. So and it's a big pitch as well. So, um, but any occasion you have a chance of winning the game, but but certainly certainly it's tough a tie. I think as Barry could have drawn in the Scottish Cup. And final question from us: Have you got a hunch who's going to win? The league. You've played against Rangers this season. You played Celtic. 
Who's going to lift yeah, it? I mean, it's, you know, Paul, it's probably as um, it is very, very difficult to call. I think that um, I think the pendulum has probably swung in people's opinions as the season has went on. I think obviously there, there may have been those that would have imagined the disruption with Stephen leaving <coughs> Rangers. They might have caused, but you know, Giovanni's record since he's taken over has been very good. I think there's been adaptions in their style of play. I think the recruitment from Celtic in this window has been important. I think it was it was probably necessary to give them the best possible chance of winning the league. And I, I think it may be another one of those seasons that goes that goes right to the very end, the way it's heading at the moment. Jack Ross, thanks so much for joining us in the programme. Maybe you come into the studio one of the days and join us here uh, in the heart of the Gorbals. Jack, thanks so much. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, Jack. Cheers, Jack. Jack Ross live here on Go Radio. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Hosted by Paul Cooney, Leanne Crichton and Simon Donnelly. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Go Radio Football Show live from Glasgow from five every evening. Thanks for making the switch. Well over a million downloads. Fastest growing station in the world. <laughs> That's not an official statement from the uh, the company. That was just from me. No, the great stuff there from Jack Ross who joined us. Uh, great humility as well, but you can see real purpose. We could see him. You'll, you'll see him on the social shortly at Go Football Show. You'll see him on our Twitter account, Insta, TikTok as well maybe, Joe. Not sure. Yeah, we're at TikTok. Um, Excellent. He's got bigger things coming, hasn't he? Yeah, it's really good to listen to him. Um, you know, I'm not. I wasn't just saying that because he was on the line. It genuinely on the courses that I've been on and any other courses that, that Jack's been across as a mentor and a tutor within it. Everybody loves to listen to him. Loves to hear his philosophy and, and the way he speaks about the game and, and that bit about self reflection. I think is really important, and that's probably something that. You hear a lot more now of coaches um, really thinking about that and, and trying to do more of it because I think it's, it's, it is so important. But I was genuinely surprised when you know he lost his job at Hibs. I, I think it was really harsh. Um, he'll be back in the game soon though because, he, as you mentioned, his age is on his side, his talent, his ability. I think the way he speaks to people, the way he comes across, he's a really good communicator. Um, no, it was it's really insightful and I think he just puts it across in a manner that you know people can resonate with certainly can it was uh, great to hear Jack Ross there you made some great points with him as well Simon uh, I wonder where he'll he'll, yeah, he'll go next because you made the great point they came third last season third that's what he yeah. said he sold third in a cup final and for Hips I mean out with winning the cup mm. what else can you hope to achieve and, and then he gets them to another final this year you know a fantastic <coughs> performance in the semi-final and then he doesn't get to to take his team to the, the final, and it's it was interesting to hear that he hadn't even watched the game, you know. So there was a there was a pain there. Obviously, he didn't want to to suffer it. I know that was. I remember saying in the program, "Where is he going to be on match day?" And you thought he he would watch it, whatever. But I can understand it. Must have been really tough, <clears> especially <throat> to beat Rangers, who were the favourites yeah. in the semi final. And uh, well, you had the Rangers vice captain saying that at three nil, then three one down. Well, it was all over. Yeah. You know, it was all done in the first half. Right, that's Jack Ross, and he'll maybe join us here in the studio tonight. We've got Simon Donnelly, the former Celtic and Scotland star, and Leanne Crichton, the current Motherwell star, ex Glasgow City, and seventy. Two. Two. Yep. Caps. How's your nan? She listening she's in? She's good. Hopefully Great. she's listening, yeah. Fantastic. Her, um, gave her a wee reminder earlier on to get the iPad fired up and <laughs> get the, the Go Radio app on. No, she loves it. That's great. She's good birthday time, same as us, Simon, same time of the year. Right, some breaking news last night, Rob, and the guys had news about Alfredo <clears throat> Morella's being called up by Colombia. Uh, well, 
Matt O'Reilly is at Celtic Park at the moment. The 21-year-old from MK Dons looks as though that's done and dusted, should be announced any time. He's had the medical, and I'm sure that will happen this evening. Simon, what do you think of him? He was wanted by quite a few clubs. If I'm being honest, Paul, I don't really know a lot about the kid. Uh, I believe he's an attacking midfielder, mm-hmm. which the only the only thing I uh, interest from there is it's quite a strong position with Celtic mm-hmm. just now they've got a lot of creativity in there especially now they've brought Hitati in uh, Eddie Gucci is another midfielder that can play in there Turnbull's obviously out injured it's a strong position in the Celtic team so it'll be interesting to see I suppose and I've said it before you cannot have enough good players and at the start of the season that was the kind of thing that was getting directed at the Celtic squad they didn't have the depth we're certainly going about that in this transfer window, so it'll be interesting to see where Matt O'Reilly fits in. Leanne, what do you reckon? Yeah, listen, there's certainly depth to the, the Celtic mm. squad now. Simon's absolutely spot on. I think it will be interesting, but I just wonder now if Ange Postacoglu, his recruitment's gone so well, he's now at a stage where he's bringing these players in with the, the idea of weeding a few out. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, that, but that just haven't quite made the mark and, and you almost forget even players like James McCarthy, you wonder what the future really holds for him because I, I've not quite seen him fit into that Celtic way of playing. Yeah. Um, Milo Soro is another one who, you know, you think back to last season when he stepped in on occasions for Scott Brown, looked like he could have mm. been a, a real player and, a, and possibly a replacement, but he, he's absolutely been nowhere near it. So you would assume now that um, Matt O'Reilly's coming in to put pressure on these players and and you might start to see less of those names even on a Celtic bench yeah. you know to, to clear out the numbers yeah, I th- because I, I think now as you say I think it will be the next step whether it's in this th- but these guys are Yeti up front as well they haven't really been quoted and they've no. found themselves now with this recruitment further down the pecking order so I think that will be another job you know to to move a few on. Yeah, and I think that even looking at the way that uh, Giamakis played when he came on the other yeah. night, I found fascinating because he's now starting to do things though that you wouldn't associate with him. And I think that's a, a dangerous place to, to get to as a player as and well. What do you mean by that? He, came on, he was doing a lot more running than you've ever seen him do. Very deep, dropping into midfield, trying to do the type of running and, and getting back defensively the same way a Kyogo would do. Um, for me, I think when you start to lose your identity as a player, you know, I think you can only sustain that for so long. I don't think that's his game. And there's probably other players that now fit that same category at Celtic where if you're not going to be able to run and you're not going to be able to have that intensity and you're not as robust and resilient and as dynamic as Ange Postecoglou needs you to be, there's no place for you at Celtic now because they have got a real identity. You've seen that for 45 minutes the other night, Simon, you were at the game. Um, They come out the traps flying. They're a real handful. Uh, And I think Jack Ross touched on it as well. When when it clicks for Celtic, it clicks really, really well. So what do you think is happening then? Is it the intensity that they play at all the international players that will come and go, they need a big squad because <clears throat> they couldn't keep it going for 90, 95 minutes the other night. You know, the, it's not the same in the second half. So is it going to be a bigger squad so they're not all going? I, I like you, I was thinking, who's going to go then? And you mentioned yeah. that, Simon, you're bringing in, he's 21, so he's not a 17, 18 year no, old. I, th- I think he's going to be He's going to play. Yeah. 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 yeah, definitely. I think most managers now want at least two players for every, pos- every position, mm-hmm. you know, and really competing, sometimes two and three. And um, Rangers had that, be, didn't they? they last they did, you know, yeah. and it pays off because what you need is just like for like replacements almost. It doesn't change. Um, maybe Rangers at times didn't have, you know, complete like for like. So, you know, Bassey that was slipping into centre back and maybe Balogun didn't perform too well on the right hand side on occasions. Um, but they can do enough to get the team through and, and get the result. Whereas I think now you can see with Celtic there is 
that depth of the, the squad and there is like for like replacements in those positions it wouldn't matter at times if it was Ralston that started or it was Juranovic you know or Taylor you've got that and the midfield's looking very much the same Rogic drops out or Turnbull drops out you've now got Hitati that comes in so um, you need that consistency and I think Ange Postacoglu is he's done an incredible job to put that together in such a time frame you know you think back to the conversations in early in the summer and where we thought Celtic would be at this point now they're four points behind um, and you know things are on the up for them week by week it seems to be improving I, I think that's where uh, he's possibly ahead of the game with Gio because Gio's just in the role at Rangers and I think it'll be interesting in the next transfer window albeit this is an important season don't get me wrong but I think he's maybe the stronger he's inherited the stronger squad and just had six months he's now brought in the likes of Kyogo from the, the Japanese market, which he knows so well, and he's thought to himself, you know, I can dip into that again, and he has done. So I think I, th I think it'll be interesting for the Rangers fans, once Gio has got his kind of feet under the, the, the table six months and he's identified with his squad, albeit he's got a huge task ahead of him this season, but I think the transfer window next time will be where he will maybe dip into the kind of, maybe the Dutch yeah. side where he knows quite, quite well because managers want to put their own stamp on it they, they do and, and I think you know it's a really good point but what can actually be more difficult at times is when you probably have small things to change mm -hmm. and it, marginal changes because yeah. Rangers are not in a crisis position they're, they're a stronghold at the top of the league so there's nothing really going wrong as such but if you come in as a manager and you try and, and teach and, and coach somebody else's job it's impossible you want to coach your way and your style and recruit as you say Simon the yeah. players that you've identified as good players so Van Bronckhorst probably finds himself in that transition period where he probably does need mm -hmm. time but with time you also need results and you need to keep that consistency to give you that luxury of change whereas Ange Postecoglou has reacted really well to the fact that it was a crisis at Celtic there was such a turnover but he's managed to recruit so well in yeah. good numbers and good players that it's absolutely all come together for him just now. Great mental strength, the manager. You know, no director of football, the shambles they inherited and uh, with Rangers dominant. Stephen Gerrard did a great job and last season to win the title, 25 points. This season, four points in it just now. It's a, it's a proper contest this year. And now with Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, again, great mental strength. Let's hear from him now talking about the squad update. And we want to hear about Morellas and Aribo and who's going to be missing uh, on February the 2nd. <coughs> Still a lot of football between now and then. So here, here's the latest today from the Rangers boss. No, we don't have any major concerns. Just some some stiffness, but uh, physically we were uh, we were okay after the game. Kramar will be in fourth tomorrow as is uh, Leon Balagun for Ryan is, is, is too early. Arfield trained uh, a little bit with the team today, so hopefully he will uh, join us uh, beginning of next week. Steve Davis, uh, hopefully somewhere as well next week. So Stephen Davis, and it's not often you said that last year that he was missing. He's not ready yet, nor has Scott Arfield. Uh, Joe Aribo, wow, he's doing so well, isn't he, in, the, in AFCON. Um, so Rangers for the first time have had a, a few real injuries Ryan Jack not quite ready yet but still it's good news he's back training what do you think about the Rangers squad do you think there'll be any transfer activity with 11 hours 11 days 5 hours to go Leanne possibly yeah. possibly I don't think you could ever rule anything out looking at the squad on Tuesday night it was perhaps the weakest mm -hmm. that I had the seen bench. the bench for Rangers um, which was the what we've just mentioned it was what they had in their favour last season really strong bench really strong starting 11 Everybody knew their roles and responsibilities. 
Giovanni Van Bronckhorst didn't quite have that to tap into at Pataudry on Tuesday night. I think, you know, perhaps bringing somebody like a Kemar Roof off the bench in those games sometimes gives you that different dynamic. Um, having a Scott Arfield that could have gone and, and stretched beyond making those deep runs from midfield and behind a back line was missing. You know, the controller, Stephen Davis. So these are the things that you probably have you know, taken for granted as a Rangers supporter over the last, you know, season that they they never faced adversity like that. Um, whereas Tuesday night it was it was perhaps telling that on a night that wasn't all going their way and Aberdeen came out the blocks and, and really wanted to get something from that game, um, they were punished in the sense they only came away with a point. John Hartson made the point when we asked him the other <laughs> night, this member was before the uh, Rangers draw at Petaudry I said what do you think of it he said he still thinks Celtic are going to win it but there was a moment when he said but Rangers have been over the course this squad have done it and that gives you great mental strength so it's something that under Steven Gerrard and you'd think with GVB as well they have that there at Rangers it does aye but I think there's there's more of a race going to be this yeah. season I mm. think uh, I think everybody we spoke about Jack said it himself. I think it's going to go right to the wire. I think there'll be more points dropped. I said it last week. I thought somebody would drop, and I, I didn't think Celtic's was, you know, a shoe in for Celtic when you've been away for three weeks. Uh, you are re-energized and, and you've rested, but you don't know if you're going to hit the form that you've left. You know, I think they won the last game against St Johnson, but they came out the traps and, and got the game won in forty-five minutes against a team that. Have shown that they can hurt against Rangers and Celtic, but Petodri's hard, you know. And I, I thought that Rangers might f- struggle, uh, particularly with their best player for me, Arebo, not featuring. For sure. yeah. uh, and that proved the case, you know. I think Aberdeen obviously could have the penalty, and then Rangers get a good goal on the back of that. And you think maybe that thirty seconds Aberdeen could just go mentally, but they, they stuck in with it, and at one 0 things can happen, and that's what happened in the second half. They got a penalty. And, they probably could have went on and won it in the end with the, the, the man advantage for the last 10. Well, I think Rangers played well when they went to 10 men just in the last seven yeah. minutes. You know, they had to defend. They were one man down was Ryan Kent off. I heard this programme last night. There was loads of talking points about was it a penalty? Was it not? A, you were there, Leanne. Uh, the first one, Aberdeen, was it a penalty? I mean, the, the naked eye watching it, I think Andy Walker and Sky didn't think it was at no, first. And I was, could see that. It was yeah. tough. And listen, yeah. I've watched it back a hell of a lot since that. You know, been across the highlights and, mm. and looking at all the games again and I think looking at it now, it's a penalty. You know, there's contact. I think when Alan McGregor comes out to make no contact with the ball and he's as far out as he is, um, I think Aberdeen can feel really hard done by. But there was a lot of decisions across the game that night and it was a, probably a typical Aberdeen Rangers game, you know, where it's a, quite a toxic environment in, in terms of the fans and you can feel the hostility within the ground. Then you add the dynamic of Scott Brown into that and playing against Rangers and it doesn't matter what jersey he's playing and he somehow manages to wind, uh, up. wind everybody up and, and he, he does it so, so well. Does that bother you? Um, As a professional footballer to ask both of you, does it bother you? know, some people, if, you, if you're a Rangers fan, you're saying, look <laughs> at him, look at what yeah. he's doing. But I, I don't know... Scott Brown for me I think has always been a pantomime villain yeah. I've admired him as a player I think he's sure. an unbelievable player the career that he's had the longevity the way that he patrols um, a midfield area my position would it be what I would do? probably not um, does it give him an edge that makes him a better player on the pitch? it must because otherwise I don't know why you would be, <laughs> would be so bothered uh, chasing yeah. players around the pitch to, to noise him up but it adds to the environment you know you can see fans getting frustrated by yeah. it because they're seeing what the referee's not seeing course, um yeah. but to be a player in that moment you've mm. got to control your emotions and, and 
Scott Brown came out on top on Tuesday night yeah. because the way he performed sure. and the way he played um, got his point aside and probably cost Rangers too. But um, for me, it was a penalty. Now, looking back on it for Hedges, the handball, I think, is really harsh. As a player, you're furious with that. It is a penalty because where it hits his hand. Yeah. Um, so there's so many talking points. The, the Kent red card, the two yellows. Who would be a footballer now and who would be a referee even more to the point? Wow. Absolutely. We'll talk to Simon, see what you think about it. We're going to go to another break. If you want to join the conversation, 0808 17 17 700, Leanne Crichton, Paul Cooney and Simon Donnelly. In the next hour, we're going to be looking to Rangers in action tomorrow night against Stirling Albion uh, in the cup and how Rangers would love to win a cup because they won the big one last year. Yep, the title, the now cinch premiership. But will they win a cup? It's over 10 years since they won one of the big old trophies. So they've got a chance to get on the way tomorrow night. So Darren Young's joining us. Remember the, the young brothers? Uh, yeah. Darren, of course, ex-Aberdeen. Old teammate. Yeah, old teammate. teammate. Good. Yeah. Well, you'll be together with him maybe in about half an hour or so. We're going to hear from Carl Starfield. Joe's been on with him today. We've got Carl Starfield. And we've got more from GVB. Football show with the Taxi Centre. Hosted by Paul Cooney, Leanne Crichton, and Simon Donnelly. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Go Radio Football Show. It's Thursday night this time, tomorrow night. The Alloa manager, Barry Ferguson, will be joining us ahead of the game. Mm with Celtic on Saturday. So much football on Hibs tonight against Cove Rangers and that isn't a gimme, is it? Because Cove Rangers are tearing Flying. up trees, aren't they? Yeah. Absolutely. I and mean, they're coming up, aren't they, to the first division, you'd reckon? Yeah, it yeah. looks that way, doesn't it? Boy, if not, it's been point. incredible. Been across the results every weekend. They just keep knocking them off. Um, it's amazing to see. A, real, a club with real you know, aspirations to, to go much further. It is brilliant. The number of clubs, you know, we saw it at Kelty Hearts as well, you know, with Barry's old team. They've got a big, a tasty cup tie as well. They're this weekend. St. Johnson, I believe. Yes, and that, I mean, St. Johnson. One. Are we going to have enough time in the next uh, hour and a half to get <laughs> through these? Because what is happening? 2021. One going to Kelty yeah. and form, and St. Johnson can't buy a win. It's not the place you want to go you know when you're not finding form yourself under pressure so that'll be a, a big tie at the weekend Kilmarnock against Dundee United there's another big one Leanne yep. isn't it and uh, Derek McInnes wow what a signing for Kelly we said it when we heard that the manager Tommy Wright had gone we said what about Derek McInnes and I think everyone thought no that it wouldn't be big enough for him but it's a big opportunity and he could be the right guy for them it is. Um, it's probably a job that comes with pressure just now as well. Mm. And I don't think, Simon, I think it's across the championship quite a bit as well. It's not an easy uh, division to play in, regardless of whether you're a big club or not. Then the United have seen that over the years. Hearts were the exact same. Um, teams that are really rallying, mm. that know exactly what they're about, that have got a real identity and, and know the division and know how to get results. So I think it will be a, a, a tough run for Derek. Um but Kilmarnock have 100% the strongest squad in the division. They've certainly got the, the biggest budget, but that at times can be your downfall because every team that you play against, it's a cup final to them and they want to go and show and, and prove. So um, the cup game this weekend will be another interesting one, you know, because it's at Rugby Park and that's probably a place that this season they've fallen short. Their home form hasn't been great. They've dropped countless points. Um, that's what put the pressure on Tommy Wright when he was there and probably the reason why that ultimately he ended up losing his job. But... Derek McInnes, like a Jack Ross, I'm glad to see back in the game because Derek McInnes was probably a victim of his own success, mm. you know, and what he delivered. People going about his budget at Aberdeen and whatnot, but every season he lost his best players. Yeah. Cherry picked out the team, and you need mm. to replace those players with, with <clears throat> like for like that can come in and do uh, the exact same job. 
can I ask you both who is going to win the cup? You can have a moment or two to think about it. But uh, so, Ray, because obviously early in the season, Leanne, I think everyone said Rangers for the title. Mm-hmm. And there's no yeah. reason to change that, is there? Just I haven't seen you since last no, year. No, I think so, Rangers are still top. And yeah. I think based on what, you, what we've seen last year, it would be disrespectful for, for anybody mm-hmm. to write them off. What I think will be different this year is that Simon will note as well if you're a team that delivers success, anybody can go and deliver success once. But to go and repeat that, that's then when the real mentality comes in because to then deal with the pressure and the expectation is different from being the underdog and the team that was written off. So for Rangers this season, as much as I think you said John Hartson thought you know, Rangers had been over the course, I think it's a completely different season again. The fans are now back in as well. Every stadium you go to, um, teams and, and players want you to fail and that's what Rangers will face this season. So I think it'll be really tight. Now you're asking me to call... The cup. The cup. Yeah. <laughs> All the best for that yeah. one. <laughs> um, listen, Celtic have proven their worth over the years, and you mentioned that ten years since, since yeah. Rangers. Mm-hmm. Well, that's every bit of motivation that you would ever need. Um, but it can be easier said than done at times. Yeah. And when you look at St Johnston and, and the glory that they had last year, that's a fairy tale in football. It's incredible. I think everybody loved that. Going back to even maybe like a Leicester win in the Premier League, mm-hmm. I think every football fan was delighted for them just because it was such an incredible story. So I don't think you can call the the cup. It would be um, silly. Difficult. Not, what not, about Auchinleck Talbot? Could they go all the way? <laughs> this isn't the BBC, <laughs> where you do a great job with the national broadcaster, but go on, go Radio Glasgow. Yeah, I'll go yeah, for Motherwell then. You're going for the well, your own team. <laughs> well, the well did it in 1991, the cup final, that great cup yep, final uh, with Dundee United. A few decent there. cup runs yeah. under Stephen Robinson as well, uh, didn't they? Yep, a few they good did. moments yep. at Hamden as well. So. All right, so you're going for Motherwell for the cup. That's a good answer as well, given that you are on the payroll. I would love to see it. Listen, to beat yep. the club for them to go and oh, get an incredible run in the Scottish Cup would be amazing to go and get a date at Hamden. You the know, whole town went down crazy. Unbelievable. Yep. Yeah, and for everything that the club's about and the community element that they've got, and mm. no, it would be unbelievable. Yeah. Tom Boyd, of course, your teammate. I was there. Was, I was yeah, there. I ended 21, up, wasn't I ended he? Up, yep. That day, I ended up back at Thurf Park watching. Did you? Lifting the trophy, right. yeah. Yep. 1991. Uh, Davy Cooper, the late great Davy, Davy as well, Cooper, was yep. there. Phil O'Donnell, yep. well, your great friend. Yeah. The late great, but that was a good team. Right, so who's going to win it? I don't want it from you just now, Simon. Okay, have doke. a think, um, because I want to hear, let's give you the latest news. We're still waiting to hear uh, the official announcement, the puff of smoke not come out yet from Celtic Park, but Matt O'Reilly is there, a 21-year-old um, great things we don't know that much but uh, he scored seven goals five assists so far this season at MK Dons and uh, he'd been on the books at Fulham as well uh, before so we'll give you news on that for Rangers the news is Roof and Balogun <coughs> are back for the cup tomorrow Jack Arfield and Davis not quite ready here is the manager speaking um, about Aribo and Morelos and the fact that they'll probably miss the game on February 2nd. Obviously, you want to have your full squad for every game. And, and in, in this moment, you know, we miss Aribo and we miss Morelos. So, you know what, what you want, but it's the way it is. You know, if you have uh, international games during during the league, it, it always gives you a difficult situation, not only for, for me or as a club, but also for players because they're stuck in between playing for their country and for their club. I know what what uh, the club means for for Joe and, and and for Alfredo but you know as an international player I also know how important it is to be successful for your national team so you know it's 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 a battle you can win as a player Simon I heard Barry last night I think I'm quoting him by saying he said yeah that's why you have big squads 
and Rangers have a big squad so does Celtic do you think the game will go ahead on February 2nd? I agree with Barry in terms of the squads I, th- I think the, the thing I went on record saying I would like to see Rangers what they regard as their strongest team mm-hmm. versus Celtics mm-hmm. I know that can't always happen but I think potentially both sides are going to lose three or four players to the internationals so to answer your question I wouldn't mind it being shifted you know for them to allow them to play their strongest teams mm-hmm. again where do you fit it in further down the line that's the question if it is moved but yeah I'm just I would like to see both teams have the strongest teams there the strongest players uh, it's it's the biggest game in our, our card mm-hmm. you know and it'd be a shame if, if, if teams are losing players three or four players in particular to the international break but these have been times like no others hopefully we are coming out of Covid but it is still there and it's affected and there are three old firm games still to go this season but uh, Liam what do you think? do you think it's going to go ahead? Listen, I hope it goes ahead and, you know, it's already been postponed and without fans, it probably wouldn't have been a great game because we, we love the old firm and, and the atmosphere it brings and the headlines that follow. You know, it gives us a week's worth of chat and discussion. So yep. um, we wouldn't have wanted it to be any other way. So I think now probably the league campaign is getting to the point it needs an old firm game because it is so tight and the points deficit is getting closer. Um, and I think the longer that goes on, at some point in the season, you're always going to be faced with the prospect of playing without players. Now, I don't even know if now, I'm trying to think about the dates, but would Celtic now have players available that they hadn't actually signed for this Old Firm game? Had some of the Japanese players arrived after the postponement of the Old Firm game? Yes. Would that be right? So, yeah, they did. So yeah, technically they their did. squad could actually yeah. be stronger, stronger just now sure. than it would have yeah. been had the game been played at the actual date so um, you could go on throughout the season and, and things that come up international football is so important for these guys um, and women you know that get called up it's it's the pinnacle of your career so you've got to go and represent your country course, and yeah. I, if you've got big squads then let's roll it but you see it down in the Premier League they now games are getting called off left, right and centre and they've got 60, 60 odd players that, attached that was to the, the thing the I, kinda, I, I was yeah. almost a bit of a hypocrite because I, I, I watched I, I watched Arsenal pull their game last week against yeah. Spurs uh-huh. and there was only one COVID yeah. positive test everything else was African nations or yeah. injuries or yeah. stuff and I did say at the time oh, well Arsenal should have a big, big enough squad I just feel you know if, if, if Rangers are going to lose Morelos and players there and, and Celtic are going to lose their Japanese players it, listen there's three games to go so yeah. I, I'd imagine the players would be back for the other two uh, but just as a spectacle I would like to see both playing their strongest teams Rangers of course could have John Suter John is a Rangers player uh, from next season on that does, didn't change anything the last the last weeks so for at this moment he won't be joining us the window is still open for 11 days so uh, anything can happen so it's for me, it's also a little bit uh, unsure and uncertainty how the how the squad will look in, in 11 days. As I said before, you have to be prepared. Look out for John Suter signing in the 11 days. I think it almost tells you it there. We're going to break for the news and then we're back with Simon and with Leanne. We're going to speak to Darren Young. We'll hear from GVB. Carl Starfelt as well is coming next. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the taxi centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years and they stock a huge range of motors from the 
world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof. Ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. The Go Radio Football Show with The Taxi Centre. Hosted by Paul Cooney, Leanne Crichton and Simon Donnelly. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! So the Scottish Cup weekend gets underway tonight. Hibs, Cup finalists in the League Cup up against the Cove Rangers who are doing brilliantly under Paul Hartley. Uh, did you play alongside Paul Hartley? Did you just miss know. each other? You no, played against played, him? played against yep. Paul over the years, yeah, but I missed him at Celtic, yeah. I think we'll get somebody on in a moment or two you've played against. And uh, with. And with, yep. right. Okay, that's coming up in a moment or two. Darren Young, the manager, appointed just a month ago, the manager of Stirling Albion up against Rangers tomorrow night. That'll be uh, hopefully a big crowd, Leanne. <coughs> you would what hope you so. You would hope so. I don't think it will be capacity, will it? But certainly you would think after the... Maybe? Especially the layoff, perhaps. You know, maybe yep. the fact that fans have missed out for yep. um, as much as they have in recent weeks, they'll maybe get out the ones that would have potentially sat and, and watched it in the TV. You would hope so, because that's, that's why we've been on about it for weeks, is that we miss the fans at football games. So hopefully um, tomorrow night, especially for Stirling Albion, that's a massive game for them and what an opportunity to go and play. And um, whether you know you're going into the game as an absolute underdog or not, you want to go and give it your all, don't you, with a, a big crowd? We'll hear from both managers in two minutes. Before that, well, yeah, one team, as we mentioned, have got the first silverware of the season and it's Celtic winning the Cup uh, just a few weeks ago, a month ago in fact against Hebs Carl Starfelt part of the Celtic winning squad um, spoke to us and he said they are hungry for more silverware One of the reasons many players come here and uh, they come to this club in uh, in uh, the hope to, to win stuff We won our first, first trophy here uh, of course we are we are hungry for more and uh, it's the best feeling to win games but especially to win trophies yeah we will we will do our best to to keep doing that and on cup football always always tough with the cup even when you whatever team you face it's uh, it's a one uh, one game so even in these uh, teams from the lower divisions it's always going to be be a tough game and uh, they will fight very hard uh, who you're facing so you need to be really focused every every match that's like my my biggest uh, experience that uh, over one leg everything can happen so you need to put in the work and uh, do your best yeah and these uh, players that come across they put us all to shame uh, they can play football but also the english it's fantastic isn't it unbelievable isn't it amazing Sign him up for the programme. Let's get him on. <laughs> That's Carl Starfeld. Let's hear from GVB, someone who knows this game so well. And he's won the Cup with Rangers. Tomorrow night he faces uh, Stirling Albion. Oh, I think it's very important because it's the shortest game to, to win a major prize. So in, in that perspective, we do everything to win this Cup. I think every prize, as I said before, every prize you play for, you have to go with the same intention and the same intensity as you always have because, uh, you know, you want to... You want to play finals. I had it as a as a player. I have the same feeling as a coach. So we have to make sure we are able to uh, to win another major prize for this for this club. 
So this time tomorrow night, he'll be at Ibrox and across the corridor, they'll just arrive, I'd imagine, Sterling Albion led by the manager, Darren Young, who joins us now live <laughs> on the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Darren, good evening. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. How's it going? How's the market? Because you also, because you're part-time, you work in housing as well. You, you're selling houses. Yeah, a lot of the D-Max, so uh, just working away in between the football, so nah, enjoying that. Yeah. The market's still picking up. <laughs> Good, yeah, Remax. yeah, I remember uh, the guy who ran it, the franchise in Scotland, but tomorrow, um, all your thoughts will be about going to Rangers, and I was reading you the other day, talking about when you last went there, I think maybe as an Aberdeen player, you had uh, uh, the, the stomach, the tummy was going. Yeah, no, it was just it was it was my first game when I was seventeen, uh, yeah. playing at Ibrox, and it was basically come off the game and absolutely knackered, and you end up kind of feeling sick, and you're just kind of I couldn't even stand up the shower. I was just sitting in the shower because I was absolutely exhausted. But uh, but no, it's it's the same. And again, it was the same when you played Celtic as well, running running around chasing Simon at times. But uh, <laughs> uh, back in the day, right? Well, he says that <clears throat> um, yeah, Simon, there you're through. Did Darren? That's yeah. how you doing, mate? You okay? <laughs> Hi, Hi, good thanks, good thanks. Uh, Tell us about the hamper. Oh, I was telling Paul, he was asking, obviously we played against each other many moons ago and then we were teammates at them family and I, I told him we first met each other. You remember where? <laughs> the World Cup? That's no. the one, yeah. I thought you were going to say Victoria's nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you may have said that as well, that was afterwards. Uh, yes, 1998, uh, I was telling Paul, there was four of you came to... to Saint-Rémy-de-Provence down in the south of France so that was the first time I met Daz yeah. and we've went on to play against each other and as I say teammates good teammates at Dunfermline for a couple of years Great yeah. And for no, to, you remember those days? Yeah yeah no, it was a great experience to be honest that was unbelievable to get there um, again you're just a, as a hamper boy but we actually did as hamper boys we did everything you uh, trained as well training. didn't you you joined in the training sessions yeah, and all we, that and we took part in the training and yeah. everything and just basically had to pause Simon's bits a few times but that's not never lasted long <laughs> well they wouldn't need too much because sadly Simon didn't get on at the World Cup <laughs> oh, I mean, thanks, I, thanks for reminding <laughs> me Paul <laughs> <laughs> sorry Simon I know John Hartson was ready to come over the, the thing the other night but no listen and it was a wonderful World Cup. I was lucky to be there uh, covering it. So, and Simon and Leanne, you think about it from going from playing at Aberdeen, being there at the World Cup, okay, as the hamper boy, but to be playing second division and the chance, though, to go to Ibrox and that jump up from Stirling to Rangers. Amazing, though. I assume, Darren, that's why you're in the job as well. And that'll be the message that you're sending to the players tomorrow night to go and enjoy it. Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, for me, there's a lot, of, a lot of players. There's quite a few of the, the younger ones have still got the opportunity to kind of go showcase their talents, and I think they're kind of good enough to be going up to a higher level, maybe back into full time football. So, it's a great opportunity for them. Great for the club. Uh, great for the chairman, but the, the the money side of things. Uh, hopefully, there will be thirty five, forty thousand there, uh, and kind of make the most of that because games like this away from home on TV. It's great for these clubs at this size. It kind of keeps us going for a few years. But for the players and the fans' point of view, it's, it's brilliant to have this opportunity to go and play Ibrox and the atmosphere and the crowd and, and just go enjoy yourself and give it your all. How much preparation, Darren, have you had towards this game and, and what does that preparation look like? Because I, I know you're obviously classed as a, an underdog. How do you prepare the team for that type of experience? It's, it's just been like a normal week, to be honest. Apart from we had to change our training days for Tuesday, Thursday. We've now got a, a Monday, Wednesday just because the game's on the Friday night. So a couple of the boys having to change shifts, etc. with their work and their jobs. But 
Uh, but apart from that, we've just kind of done the normal Tuesday, or oh, sorry, Monday, uh, hard work and session, maybe a wee bit of a couple of attacking side of things that we want to do. And then last night, again, we were just kind of get stuck into sort of defensive side of things, which we might, we might have to do a bit more than usual. But again, still at the end, what can set pieces, corners and free kicks, uh, just in case we get that far up. <clears throat> that as it puts it into perspective when you're talking about guys having to change their shifts, you know, part-time football, this is very much your cup final tomorrow night isn't it and you, yeah. it's important that the guys go they might never get the chance to play on a stage like that again you know whether it's at Ibrox or Celtic Park so they, they really have to go and, and savour the moment eh yeah that's what I'll be kind of saying to them as well Look, go and enjoy it don't have any regrets come off the park just if they last 60 minutes 70 minutes then go and give it your all and then from there that's, that's all I can kind of ask of them and again, some of them are good technically, they're good pace-wise, skill-wise, and again, I think we can get into the right areas then, we could possibly cause cause a few problems, but I'm not being naive, you know, it's going to be a hard shift, it's going to be back to the wall, and um, just kind of dig it out and, and kind of see where it takes us. Are your players off tomorrow during the day, or will they be working all the different jobs, and then you get together, what, mid-afternoon? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think a few of them will be working, yeah, I'll be working. <laughs> I'm actually... I'm actually getting my booster in the morning, doing a bit of work, and then I've got a funeral to go to, and then pre-match, so I've got a busy day. <laughs> and Joe's telling me, our producer, did you play against Giovanni van Bronckhurst? You must have. Yeah, yeah, I played against him um, back in the day, probably Aberdeen, I think it was. Uh, I was playing with them, or to I can't remember, uh, one or the other. But no, I played against him back in the day, but to be fair, probably been that close to him in the dugout is probably as close as I got to him in the park <laughs> <laughs> what did you think your old team the other night Aberdeen uh, the draw with Rangers I mean it wasn't looking good in Aberdeen until the beginning of November but they've certainly turned it round under Stephen Glass somebody you know as well yeah I mean I made my, I made my debut with Stevie uh, my way back in the day and, and again I, mean, I think he came in he started quite well with the yeah. Europa League section and he did very well he had a wee dip but then he's got them going again I think they were unlucky to win the game um, the other night and again they had, they had a few chances to kind of to kind of nick it but no um, he's done well and he's come back in again and they've, they've kind of picked up you got a soft spot for your old team for Aberdeen because uh, you and your brother were I mean we were just talking about both of you um, were there for quite a few years what seven or eight years yeah I did it was seven I was eight years but, uh, but no I loved it up there it was great really really enjoyed it uh, I had a great time and Again, great memories of being up there and playing. So it's it's one of those things that you always kind of look out for your your old team's results. Yeah. Do you, Darren? Do you use much of your experiences as a player, as a manager? Is that something you would refer back to, or is it a case of you're now a coach and a manager, and those days are gone? Do you ever find yourself tapping into it? No, yeah, I think it's, it's the same with the coaches as well. The coaches you've kind of worked with. Over the years, taking a wee bit from them, good points and bad points. I mean, there'd be things in, that I've done in training with certain coaches, and I thought, oh, I, don't, I quite liked it, but I didn't like the way they went about it. So mm-hmm. I maybe tweak it, see what I'm going in the training down. And even, don't get me wrong, as a player, I, I maybe I try and speak to the players and don't say, oh, this is what I used to do or whatever. Or yeah. this is, <laughs> you just kind of just kind of put it across, like, <clears> this is kind of what I'm wanting from these type of thing. Um, but but nothing, the, the players so far, again, I've only been in for three, four weeks, but the players have been great, good bunch of boys. Uh, a fit bunch of boys as well, so I'm expecting them to be to be going right to the end tomorrow night. You Darren, must, sorry, you must, you must have been delighted though, Darren, to get back into the game as well. I know you enjoyed your time at East Fife. I remember meeting you. I think back maybe 2017. Um, I think it was at PLZ maybe, but anyway, briefly chatted to you you then. But I know you were enjoying it, and obviously you had a good run at it. But to get back in right away is, is always good. 
Yeah, it was, I mean, to be only out, I think it was 29 days. Somebody was telling me the other day there, so yeah. it's great because I know a lot of guys have been out a lot longer than that. Um, like Simon for instance but, um... oh, he, listen you I've got 45 minutes of this and Paul's now keen to when you're coming for him 29 days is not that was 46 days at Beacon <laughs> 46 days at last at Beacon no again it's great to be back in and again it's not one of those ones you wanted to jump straight back in unless it was a kind of right team in the right club and, yeah. and for me having done a wee bit of research and again knowing quite a lot of the boys from sort of managing and coaching against them then I knew they were they was kind of the right fit for me um, spoke to the chairman and, and everything kind of went from there so no, delighted to get back in and uh, it's a really good club We were asking Barry the other night will Celtic put out you know the strongest team against Alloa and he said yeah I hope so for GVB we he was asked today you know is he going to rotate the squad tomorrow night Yeah I think it's a, it's a chance for me uh, of course to uh, rotate my squad a little bit I think that's always nice when you are able to do that also the chance for uh, giving players minutes who, who need them or they come back from injury or didn't play as much the last weeks or the last months and yeah for me it's an opportunity to uh, to use more players What do you think they'll do Darren? Uh, I think that's a bluff uh, he's, he's at it. <laughs> <laughs> a must win for them. Football managers bluffing. You, has that ever happened before? Yeah. Um, no, but it's huge. Nah, I mean, we... for, for Rangers, obviously, they haven't won a cup. They won the title, but haven't won the cup for over a decade. Yeah, don't get me wrong. He's, again, they, they need to kind of win these games and they're expected to win these games. But fair point of view, see who's who's in the lineup and who's in the team sheet. And I don't think it really matters who it is. It's going to be 11 internationals anyway, probably. So. Um, you know you're going to be up against it and you know that basically on the day you've got to be at it you need your 10 11 players to be kind of 100% focused 100% concentrated and then the, the, the chances that you do get the opportunities you get you need to be ruthless and take them so your team talk will be in just over 24 hours time can you give us an insight what will you say to your players can you enjoy that occasion what, what would you say run fast score goals <laughs> <laughs> no, no, to, to be honest it's again it's and again, tapping into my own experience of being there and playing, and again, just kind of saying, look, go and enjoy it. Just be composed when you get the opportunity. When we don't get it, go and win the ball back. Be hard to beat. Keep our shape. And again, we went over all that during the week. So it's kind of when we have the ball, this is where I want these. Again, without the ball, when we when we do win it back, can we get forward and support? Can we get any higher areas in, in the park and, and go and cause any problems? Darren, thanks very much for joining us. And you can tell us about Simon. Anything you want to share? Before no, you go, not, not at the moment. <laughs> well said, Daz. Well said. You want wish, wish you all the best for tomorrow. Good luck, yeah, mate. Good luck, no Hope you get a good result. Mate. Take care, Paul. Thanks very much. Thanks, Cheers, Paul. Darren Young, the manager of Stirling Albion, joining us. That was unwanted and unwarranted, wasn't it? What I said earlier on, Simon. About the, no, <laughs> it's a true story, Paul. No, it's a true story. I know. Story. Not a few weeks ago, and I was giving it. Oh yeah, and it was it was him and Barry. At least you remember this time. And, that I, I know. Here. I know. I'm giving it. Well, look at the two of you and the level you played at. And you didn't play in a World Cup. And I, I just see Simon's face, and he's such a. Is that right? Okay. I was there as well, but you, and you should have yeah. got on. You thought the well, manager yeah. said, "Yeah, obviously, obviously I'm going to say that." Oh, should have gone. Yeah, yeah, of course. It would have been great. It would have been great. But that that was listen. It was a great experience. It was a great experience for Dan because mm. I think it was him, Mark Butchell, Kieran McInnesby. There was one other, and it must have been great for them as well because Incredible. they were just breaking through seventeen, eighteen. But they were training with the full squad. You know, the sessions, Craig Brown was bringing them into the sessions. I think I played up front with Mac and Espy in one of the bounce games. So it must have been great for these guys, you know, mm -hmm. playing with the, with the Scottish international team.
That's right. the type of experiences you want to be able to give players, isn't it? Right. To give them that taste, but also treating them in terms of the work ethic and going away and having roles and responsibilities and what it takes Definitely. to make it as a, as a player. It's probably the bits of the game now that we've lost, isn't it? That even for me and the, the women's game that never actually had that academy and never had that, like the Y forms and whatever that young players yeah. would sign mm-hmm. and then they would work in and around the stadium and have in jobs, cleaning boots and whatever. I actually think it would be really beneficial for a lot of young players yeah. now. Um but you probably see it in the women's game in the sense that a lot of those players still have jobs anyway. Yeah. Similarly to yeah. Darren speaking about part-time football, so they, they have that side of life that they get to yeah. know. And um, unbelievable, they got a World Cup though. That's phenomenal. That, that was a thing though as well. Though I mean, they were they were called hamper boys yeah. to to go, but they didn't they, they would have the odd jobs to do, but they, they ultimately were filling in in training sessions. Mm-hmm. You know, if there was one or two out, you know, right, we'll we'll pull these guys in. So they. Uh, Darren would have played in the first team by then yeah. I'm quite sure but to go and then play with the international players your John Collins Craig Burley's these guys yep. must have been really great for these Amazing. The young can kids. I ask you a question what were the boots in 98 oh, what were you wearing then Adidas uh, or Adidas, I only? Think Adidas yeah. possibly which ones <laughs> Preds what? were Preds must have been Preds oh, yeah, yeah. The early yeah. 2000 uh-huh. they would have yeah. just broke all like, yeah. What, what are your yeah. favourite ones, Leanne? Preds. Yeah. Uh, what do you wear now? I was even thinking about Preds. Yep. No. yep. Still, and I probably went through a phase and for a couple of years wearing Nike boots and I never felt they were as comfortable. And now that I've I've got back to wearing Preds, yeah. I have never changed. Unbelievable. Who, who cleans your boots at Motherwell? <laughs> who do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I clean my boots and probably everybody else's boots yeah. as well. <laughs> Those were the days you had somebody cleaning your I boots. I used to clean boots yeah. myself. Yeah. Charlie Nicholas, I clean yeah. Charlie's boots. That's a, a good thing time. actually about the AstroTurf pitches. No mud. No mud. <laughs> Champagne <laughs> Charlie. They just clean themselves, especially a rainy day. The yeah. cannonball kids. Charlie Nicholas's boots. Aye, yep, a bit of yep. gold dust in those. They were yep. the days when you were nearly mocking, we used to keep you behind. Yep. Never allowed you to leave until everything was, was spick and span. Barry Actually, that for yep. me would be a job I would honestly take so much pride. Yep. If I was a young kid coming through like an academy structure like that and you had the responsibility of cleaning a first team sure. player's boots, mm-hmm. that for me would be, you would want to do everything you could to impress yeah. them. Yep. Whose, boots, I, whose boots would you have loved to clean? Come on, lad, go on. No, I'll give you a. Nah, nah I don't nah. know. Honestly, but I just think that job to have that responsibility yeah. and, and for them to acknowledge you would have been unbelievable. Sure. Yeah. You know, because that's what it was about. It was trying to impress them and doing the jobs and trying to mm. get to where they are. So um, I'm a bit OCD, I suppose, when it comes I to that. That's, that's well, good, so. though. Did Charlie acknowledge you? I think yeah. he probably would have done it. Christmas, yeah. you'd have got a couple of quid. Uh huh. Yeah, That's the only bit that you ever hear players speaking about, to be fair, is now, were they good at Christmas? Were they good? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's, That's maybe part. what it was all about. That was the most important part. Go Radio Football Show, getting ready for tonight's big game, Hibs against uh, Cove Rangers. Rangers, the Glasgow variety, tomorrow night, up against Stirling Albion. And then on Saturday, I want your predictions, we've got Alloa against Celtic and many other games. And Simon Donnelly, in a shock move last week, he got it absolutely right. Your predictions were right for Monday and Tuesday. Uh, well done to Simon Carl Starfelt, a bit more from him and uh, we're going to hear from Robbie Nielsen speaking about John Sutter who was roundly booed some of the fans applauded him as well but he got a bit of a rough time the other night but they took the points The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre hosted by Paul Cooney Leanne Crichton and Simon Donnelly Listen live weeknights from 5 Talking Scottish football first Let's go, go. Thanks, Chris. Go Radio Football Show with Leon Crichton, Paul Cooney, <coughs> Simon Donnelly, loads of your calls coming in as well. Earlier, we heard from Jack Ross. It's the first time I've heard them speak. I saw him in the papers uh, earlier today, but he was very frank. Um, 
he talked about the hurt of losing his job just before having taken his team, Hibs, to the cup final. Um, and he didn't watch the final. He couldn't watch it. That doesn't surprise me, Paul. Honestly, mm. I, I knew when you asked him that question, I, I, I thought I knew what his answer was going to be and it would be that he hadn't watched it. And I think you get you hear that a lot, um, whether you're a player missing out through injury or you're like that, a manager that loses a job, especially in those circumstances where you're then having to watch that team that you've built and bonded with to, to go on and potentially have one of the, the greatest days of their mm. life, which it would have been if they had won the cup. Before, so yeah, It was literally the week before. Yeah. Like Ten days, yeah. yeah. yeah because they uh, lost to Livingston. Right, some news coming in uh, about one of his old players, Martin Boyle. I mean, there was talk a few weeks ago would he be going to Celtic? Couldn't quite understand that with Celtic having so many strikers and, and white with Jota wide players. And uh, uh, Forrest, right, here's the news coming in. Uh, he's unlikely to play tonight because the Saudi club Al Fasi have come back for him. So Al Faisali have come back in. The Saudi Arabian club, they reckon Hibs are now wanting about three million Simon's uh, it's a lot of money huge contract for the player yeah I think it's yeah I don't really know the ins and outs of it but I believe it's life changing money that he's mm. going to be getting uh, at this club do you think he's going to go? I think he will if, if Hibs get the three million yeah I think he will yeah two and a half million three million yeah. Liam what would you think? yeah I think for Martin it would be life changing uh, and I don't know Martin I know uh, his wife Rachel and they're in a totally down to her family Um, Rachel plays at at Hibs as well she's part of the national team I think in terms of that dynamic it might be a a tough move for him because I don't know how that will will play out Um, but for them as, as a young couple and you know is he 27, 28 I think Martin is Um, still got a good few years left to play but certainly those types of contracts I don't think for him would come around um, too often I think he's earned not maybe not that certainly you wouldn't expect him maybe to go to Saudi Arabia a few years ago I thought maybe we could have ended up at Celtic at one point Mm -hmm. I think there was a bit of chat around that but that type of money I think to go and I think it would be quadruple his salary, something along those lines. Um, and that's just going off the figures that have been floated about. So I might be wrong in that sense, but it's life-changing. You know, that safeguards your, your entire it's future. A short, short career. And as you say, I think he has earned it. I think he's, he's been a top performer at Hibs. We've spoke about it on this mm. show before, Paul, about possibly going to Celtic. But as you quite rightly say, Celtic have got plenty of players in that area at the moment. But yeah, I think the money it's getting quoted for him on a personal level I think uh, it'll be a, a great move for him financially we'll speak to Rob in maybe 10 minutes then we'll get Rob will be commentating on the game tonight Hibs against uh, Cove Rangers and he'll keep us up to date with the Martin Ball situation thanks Rob for that Matt O'Reilly is at Celtic Park I'm just looking to see if the news has come out that he has signed it looks as though the 21 year old <coughs> MK Dons uh, player is going to be a Celtic player tonight so 7 goals you were saying earlier Leanne 5 assists um, it's, it's a strong midfield attacking midfield Celtic yeah no it isn't and you would expect him to if he's coming in especially in this window you would expect him to be coming in to, to push for a spot and certainly put pressure on those players that are already uh, in those positions probably goals I think is has been the difference all over the pitch as well for Celtic this season you know every position is chipped in even from defenders but certainly a barrel load from midfield and the likes of Tom Rogic you know adding to that as well um, and if that's another midfielder that came in and do it I think that's so vitally important and you see it across the game it was a difference for Rangers last season as well in their title uh, success that goals came from all over the pitch you know James Tavenier with an abundance of goals um, midfielders and whatnot. so uh, you know that could be an important sign and again for Celtic 
What about Rio Hatati? So you were at Rangers on Tuesday night, but I know you watched the Celtic game and uh, we'd heard a lot about Gucci and a lot about Maeda, traffic striker, who got his goal in three and a half minutes. But what about Hatati? Looked very, very good, Paul. Yeah, but sometimes it's hard to get a real gauge for a player and I was across the commentary for the TV highlights that night and I think when you take in the game like that, it's often difficult to really fully appreciate it in the moment. Whereas if you're live at the game and you can see that and, and you can watch the movement off camera almost, I would zone in on those players. But I think you could just see that he was in a different level. The way he received the ball for me, I said to Simon before we came on air, He's almost two passes ahead when he receives the ball and that's when you can see a really good midfielder. He paints the pictures in his head before the, the picture's even been painted on the pitch and I think that was, was really good to see. I think he'll be a top operator. If they can keep him fit with the energy levels that he showed in that 45 minutes, might take him a couple of weeks to get there, yeah. Sid, just in terms of the yeah. demands and you mentioned the, the lack of football, but um, for me, he looked a, a, a real good buy. Yeah, I think I think the bit, the biggest compliment. It looked as if he'd been there for three or four seasons. Mm -hmm. You know, for a debut at a full house at Celtic Park, he he wanted to receive the ball in different areas. He was getting in between Hibbs' midfield and their defence, picking up good areas, always showing for the ball. I think he had a wee turn of pace as well to get away from people. His vision, and even off the ball, you know, everywhere harassing, uh, working really hard, and I think. It showed in that first 45 minutes an indication of, I mean, the Celtic fans must be really excited because I think he's going to be a top player for Celtic. You predicted that Celtic would win 2-0. That's what yeah. you said when you were on Friday night with me and you said Rangers 1-1. One, one. Yeah. yeah. What you, unusual for me to get no, him right. Yeah, but not often he's wrong, yeah. but he's right again. <laughs> That's right, indeed. Yeah. I think no. What I said at the time was I thought one would slip up. You put me on the spot, so yep. I thought Celtic being at home. I didn't think they'd have an easy night of it. I don't think it was an easy night. I think they started, they got a wee scare and then they reacted and yeah. they had a really good 45 which effectively won the game. Slim margins. But I think Rangers, I think like Celtic, find it difficult to go to Aberdeen and get, you know, three points. If you come away from Aberdeen with three points, you're, you're happy. And I think without their top performer, Arebo, away at the African Nations, I thought there would be a wee chance that they, they might drop a point or two. Let's go, we mentioned a moment ago about Martin Boyle. He's unlikely to play tonight and uh, we now know why. Uh, Rob McLean, the voice of football, is there oh. at Easter Road. There you are, <coughs> that's you, Rob. Uh, Rob. What an introduction. <laughs> what an introduction. I mean, I, I know you've been having a bit of a go at Simon Donnelly tonight, but uh, <laughs> thankfully, you're, thankfully you're blowing smoke up me, so that's good. <laughs> Respect for age for you, Rob. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't you... I would think that's a dangerous topic. Don't start. Dangerous. Exactly. You and I, uh, <laughs> former schoolmates. Well, not quite, but probably around the same time. Rob, what's the news? You've got first sight of the Hibs lineup for tonight. Yeah. Yeah, and, and just confirmation of what you said a few minutes ago, Paul, that, that there's no Martin Boyle in the team for Hibs tonight, which, which will be a big lift for Cove Rangers uh, and their chances of springing a, a, an upset tonight, you would have thought. But obviously the big story that, that, that is developing again in the background is that uh, Al-Fazali uh, from Saudi uh, have come back in, having been thwarted with a couple of bids so far for Boyle. Um, I think they, they got to about maybe two and a quarter million. Um, whether they've come back with the full three million that Hibs are looking for, not so sure. Um, but it does seem as if that is now a, a deal that is going to happen. Um, it's about, I think it's about £30,000 a week. Um, it's it's Leanne Crichton, a motherwell sort of money, basically. It's it's, it's up at up at that sort up at that sort of level. Still not um, as much as you, Rob. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, well, 
absolutely. I couldn't say the drop myself, but, but no, I mean, I'll be, you know, he, he, you know, he'll be desperate to go. He's 28. Yeah. Um, I can understand, you know, there will be family issues. Rachel plays for Hibs, as Leanne was saying, uh, and Scotland, and there's her career to think about. But it, but it's that sort of money that kind of changes everything. It's tax free, isn't it? You know, and and it and it and it's a life changer. And you would imagine it must be a massive temptation to say yes to that. So it does look as if um, uh, they're going to get an offer Hibs that they can't refuse. And Martin Boyle will be away. Um, so no no Martin Boyle in the in the team for Hibs tonight. And uh, I've counted, I think, five changes to the team which lost at Celtic Park on Monday. Sean Maloney might have freshened it anyway, um, but the likes of uh, Lewis Stevenson uh, is coming in. Ewan Henderson, of course, uh, signed on loan initially with a view to a permanent deal from Celtic. He will play for Hibs for the first time. Christian Doidge is back in. Uh, Melker Halberg is back into the team. And there's also another debut tonight for Chris Mueller, the American international so he comes into that Hibs team as well. So that's that's virtually half the team changed. Um, no Martin Boyle, who is, who is a real potential match winner, of course. Um, so you know that that will be a lineup. I would imagine uh, Leanne that, that's going to give uh, Paul Hartley maybe even more encouragement. You would say because they've got plenty of encouragement because they've been going so well, 15 games unbeaten in all competitions, Cove Rangers, uh, and they won't be distraught to see that Hibs line up minus the name of Martin Boyle absolutely no 100% Rob I think even watching the game on Monday night that was probably Hibs's downfall I don't think that they get Martin Boyle in the game as much as they needed to because when he when he picks up the ball he, he adds a natural energy to the, the line up his pace is a fear factor straight away so I think you know Cove would have probably prepared to, <clears throat> to, to how to nullify that and how to get close to him and how to stop that threat take him out of your team it gives you a natural lift I think adding those other changes into it as well for Paul Hartley probably gives him another edge in the sense that um, what I seen from Hibs on Monday night was that they were really trying hard to implement a different style and a real bravery at times maybe too much actually that they could have been more direct um, so whether they'll stick to that tonight then you're bringing in those new players players like Dodge that have been missing for some time how quickly can they get up to the, the pace um, I think it'll be a real meaty encounter tonight I think Cove will really fancy themselves to to go and show how good they have been this season and the pressure's on hips you know they've got to perform because this is you know it's probably described as a banana skin but it's probably still a, a tough enough tie for them Are you saying Rob's going to be commentating and witnessing a cup upset tonight a shock Listen I think if Cove turn up and, and play and really believe in what they can do it's their cup final we've just spoke um, to Darren Young in terms of how still an Albion will approach you know going to Ibrooks tomorrow night and I think it's very similar for these players you know they're desperate to climb the, the divisions and get to where they want to get this is a brilliant opportunity tonight yeah, and they'll be absolutely rolling their sleeves up and giving it their all I think the Cove Rangers as well they're used to winning you know yeah. albeit it's, it's in a lesser league but they're used to winning mm -hmm. so they'll be there'll be a spring in their step you know going there and obviously with Martin Boyle being out and the pace that he brings yeah that, that'll give them a lift that'll give them a lift I think the, the lads I mean the, the boy Henderson I think for Celtic yeah. I think he could be a really good signing for Hibs yeah. be interesting to see yeah. how he takes off but I think Cove will be going there Paul will have them G'd up you know and they'll be full of confidence it's not as if they're struggling at the wrong end of the league and no. they're going to go there and try and hold in I think they'll go and play with confidence mm. uh, and it'll be an interesting yeah. one but uh, Simon the, the Ben Henderson you were speaking about him there uh, he, he'll, he'll have the legendary number 80 on his back 80 uh, you know <laughs> he's looking to make he's looking to make that shirt his own, his own <laughs> yeah. to be the, 
used to be the line, didn't it? It's obviously, it's obviously, yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's, it, yeah, I'm not entirely sure why he's chosen chose, chose <laughs> yeah. number 80. Anyway, I, I, th- I think he, I think freed of, of the Celtic thing and it just wasn't happening for him there. Yeah. I, I think he could actually be a pretty yeah. special player. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you, Rob. Yeah. That, yeah. There's <laughs> excitement about Chris Mueller, the, the American as well. Yeah. You know Kevin Nisbet for Hibs tonight? He's on the bench. bench and he, he obviously missed that, that big chance, didn't he, Simon, on, on Monday night? Yeah. You were there. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, we might have had a different game had he, had he taken that chance. Oh. And there was another chance in that game as well that I thought he could have done could Yeah, done a couple of with. chances, Rob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so no Boyle, no Nisbet. Christian Deutsch back in. Hasn't started for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, there is an element of the gamble, I would have thought, in this selection from Sean Maloney. Mm. Rob, who do you think is going to win the cup? I'm asking Leanne. I'm asking Simon. Have you got a feeling who who might be winning and lifting that trophy, famous trophy, in May? Well, I, I mean, it, it's you know, it's it's difficult not to go down the line of of the the top two, either Celtic or Rangers, isn't it? But if you if you're going for a you know maybe a left field, yeah. possibly possibly Hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, as a as a bet for the for the for the Scottish Cup, but I mean, this 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 is a great stage, isn't it? It all starts tonight, and it's the fourth round, and it's the big teams in for the first time, and and you do look at the the potential for a shock tonight. And I was just going to say that the Cove Rangers have signed Mark Reynolds, uh, you know, the former Dundee United yeah, captain, yep. won the League Cup with Aberdeen, uh, you know, a great player, quality player. So so they've got when they've got the ability to bring in that sort of experience. Fraser Five, who's won both the Scottish and English Cup competitions. They've got Rory McAllister uh, and Mitch Meganson have scored 32 goals this season between them. You know, so y- you do look at a team that is in that winning habit, albeit two divisions below. I don't think it's the craziest notion to think that we might be in for a shock tonight. Well, he knows everything. Ask him a question. Ask him anything, fact or figure, before we go to the break. <laughs> go on. Is it anything? Actually, it's usually fact or fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, we're going to go to the break. Thanks so much for joining us and breaking that news no, that, uh, yeah, Martin Ball looks as though he could well be on his way to Saudi Arabia. And you'll be here tomorrow can I, can night. I just, can, I yeah. just throw that, can I just throw in a wee technical report as well? Yes. You can hear the show really, really well in Edinburgh, just in case anyone was wondering. Oh, excellent. And you heard Jack Ross earlier on. And, uh, I did, that was brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Got your message. I mean, that's the first time I've really heard him speak in that way. He'll turn up somewhere. Rob, maybe south of the border? Yeah, I, I'm not sure, you know, there are, are opportunities that would get him overexcited in Scotland at the moment. But mm-hmm. hey, let, we're, get, we're getting into the sacking season again, potentially. Sure. So there may well be something at, at the bottom end that, that comes up soon and, and that might interest Jack and, and keep him in Scottish football. But he's a great guy, he's a great personality, he's so knowledgeable about the game. It would be good to think that, that he, he comes back into a Scottish football job. But as you say, he's got a profile down south as well bit like yourself, Rob. Uh, we see you on Match of the Day and Football Focus. And Rob will be here tomorrow night with the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre with Barry Ferguson and Mark Guidi. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Hosted by Paul Cooney, Leanne Crichton and Simon Donnelly. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Scottish Cup weekend is getting underway tonight. Hibs against Cove Rangers. Rangers tomorrow night against Stirling Albion. And then on Saturday, we'll get all your predictions in a moment or two. Still looking back on the controversy of Tuesday night. Rangers 1-1 against Aberdeen. Ryan Kent sent off second uh, yellow card. Um, Bit of controversy about it. And the manager was asked 
Are you annoyed, frustrated that you're not allowed to appeal because it's uh, two yellow cards? Yeah, if I look back, you know, the especially the second yellow card, I think is very, very harsh for him, Ryan. You know, he tries to block the ball. I don't think he cut the player, um, you know, on, on speed or really, really hard. But, you know, it's the way it is. I think the team reacted well after uh, the red card to uh, to maintain um, the draw and don't concede any goal in the latter stages of the game. But, you know, we cannot change the ruling. Uh, sometimes you uh, you wish you can as a coach, but, you know, it's it's the way it is. So uh, we have to respect that and 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 take it as it is. It was some game, wasn't it? Though uh, you know, you were mentioned it was a good spectacle to watch. In fact, over the twenty-four hours, two good games uh, on the telly. Where are you going to be this weekend, Leanne? Which games are you going to be taking in? I think I'm in the studio Saturday right. afternoon okay. for the, the Scottish Cup results coming in. I think there's a couple of games across the divisions, maybe League One, one fixture. I think there's one Championship fixture as well. So not be interesting because there's a, a few good ties in there as well. And probably Livy Ross County will be one to look <coughs> out for just with being a an all Premier. Uh, league tie I think the Kelly Dundee United game is going to be an interesting one um, probably a tougher one for Dundee United you know a bit of pressure on them I think to, to go and get the result even though it's against Kilmarnock um, the fact that you know Derek McInnes is just going in there and you know it's Premiership against Championship In the league itself who's going to go down you have to worry now about uh, St Johnson and Dundee maybe Dundee United Simon what do you think? Yeah well I think we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago we were touching on St Johnson I said the one positive thing was that they hadn't been cut adrift but as football goes sometimes the three results other night all went against Dundee and St Johnson so I think they find themselves now maybe five or six points behind which isn't a lot but when you're not winning games I look at Dundee and St Johnson I think they've lost their last five the form is not there uh, and they really need to find it quickly because as I say Livingston, St Mirren who was the other one? Somebody else picked up points just ahead of them as well. Ross County. Ross County, Ross County yeah. of course. Yeah. They got Good win against Motherwell. Down yeah. to 10 men. So yep. they've, they're, these teams are starting, they're picking up points and Dundee and St. Johnson mm. aren't. So it's, it's worrying times for both of them. St. Johnson, 14 points anchored at the bottom. Dundee, 16. Ross County in 21. Remarkable four weeks from Malky Mackay. St Mirren, it's a big win for them. They really needed it, didn't they, Jim? Good win and good win for them uh, there on 22. Livingston in 23, big win as well for uh, David Martindale. And Dundee United, as you mentioned, 25 points, uh, three behind uh, Aberdeen. So Dundee United, it could go either way for Tam Courts, couldn't it? Huge game, as you said, at the weekend. What's your instinct, uh, Leanne? Who's going to be battling it out at the bottom? Is there is somebody going to go away? Or St Johnson, are they going to go down? Listen, I I think looking at their league position now, looking at the form, it's hard to get away from the fact that they're they're going to have a really tough um, second half of the season, unless they turn a, a massive corner. But even when you look at the you know Dundee United, the fact that they had such a brilliant start to the season, yep. they found themselves in probably a, a safe enough place just now, but they look to be in free fall, no winning seven. So it's how they then change that momentum because we know winning or losing games can can find you in that sort of momentum. Ross County are one for me that actually throughout the season regardless of results they score goals which I think is mm-hmm. so important yeah. um, it doesn't matter how long you try and stay in games if you're not converting at the other end what a massive result for them again the other night down to 10 players to go and get the, the, the 3-1 win um, there seems to be something mm-hmm. happening there under Malky McKay yeah, and a real some... belief about the squad as well though Dundee and St Johnston must be concerned yeah. because the form from, from both of them um, has been really really poor 
and I just worry for Dundee as well when you look at the squad and the recruitment and the players that probably James McPake's put a bit of trust into yeah. mm-hmm. and I don't think they've delivered this season for him at all they haven't have they big names that he's backed sure. top of the table Rangers on 52 Celtic 48 Hearts on 39, Motherwell on 31, Hibs on 29 and Aberdeen on 28. Then there's that gap. It's only three points, mind you, to Dundee United. It's getting that bit tighter. What about John Souter? So we heard from Giovanni Van Brockhurst speaking about the player who will be a Rangers player from the summer. But I'm going to ask Leanne and Simon when they think he's going to cross from Edinburgh to Glasgow. But he was jeered the other night as uh, Hearts had a good win. I thought he handled it exactly the way I thought he would. Calm, collected, he understands the situation. But John just concentrated on his football tonight. John at this moment in time is a Hearts player. And he's one of our better players and it's important. The, the focus at the football club is about the football club. At this moment in time, so Leanne. And we heard GVB saying earlier, what, 11 days left in the window? Is he going? I think he will. Yeah. I think before the windows close, it might go right to the wire. Um, good if it signing. Comes down to money. Yeah, really good signing. I, re- I think John Souter in the injury problems that he has managed to bounce back from. Uh, he's had a really tough run at it. I think his attitude is admirable. I think to get himself not just back, and I think Robbie Nielsen mentioned it through the week to get himself back to international level is a you know a different level altogether. I think for him, it's the right move. Um, I, I honestly wish him all the best because I know how much it meant to him getting back after that last Achilles injury how tough he worked watching his team doing well in the championship not being part of that but he was a huge part of that success mm-hmm. for Hearts when he came back in towards the end of last season he's been a huge reason why they're in third spot this season so Hearts fans that booed him the other night don't need to go back too far before they, they realise what he's repaid them with I think for all parties it would be good for him to just move on now Simon, do you think you'll be playing against Celtic next week or do you think uh, the deal will be done? Well, there you go. I think uh, we're looking at, what, 11 days? I think come day 9 or 10, yeah. I think you'll go. deal will be done. I think you'll yep. move. Yeah. Let's hear a bit more from Carl Starfelt talking about actually life in Glasgow. I like it a lot. Like the, the life uh, inside the football, uh, inside the pitch, inside the training ground, uh, being in Celtic, I'm, uh, I'm very happy. Uh, I think uh, every all, all the players we enjoy so much coming coming to the training ground and also to the games uh, with this like the fans and the atmosphere being up uh, fighting for trophies what every player wants and so and also outside of the pitch I I like the city I enjoy I enjoy uh, everything right now. So and what about his partnership with uh, Carter Vickers? He's a very good player, easy player to play with, and I think we're we're getting uh, better and better all the time. Uh, we have a very good connection on the pitch and also outside of the pitch. We have good uh, communication, so uh, I think we're we're doing good right now. So that brings us to the predictions: um, Rangers, Sterling, Albion. I don't think anyone's going to go against Rangers, are they? For, no. for tomorrow night, no. don't see an upset. What about Alloa against Celtic? Well, I'm conscious it's Fergie's team. Yeah. Uh, from Go Radio but I think Celtic will be too strong I think Celtic and Rangers will be too strong and both yeah. be in the next round yeah, yeah. no I yep. agree I agree but what an occasion what a game great, and great I'm sure both. it's one that yeah. Barry will be yes. uh, looking forward to I think it'll be just more impressive if he'd he lasts last the whole game on the, on the touchline he'd the boots on playing <laughs> that would indeed I wonder how many of the new faces uh, we'll see at the, at the ground uh, Starfelt is speaking about the new arrivals well, I think it's he is. Uh, very yeah. good uh, for the club and for the team to to get in some uh, reinforcement. Um, obviously, uh, I think uh, what I've seen so far, they they will uh, fit fitting good with uh, our style of playing. Uh, they're 
good players. You, I think, uh, you you get to see that uh, in the game also, um, and uh, also very very nice guys, very uh, humble guys who will come in and work work very hard. Uh, so we are uh, very happy to have them here. As Glasgow's radio station, I think we would love to see. Rangers Celtic, Celtic Rangers in May in the Cup Final. Will that happen? Out with them. So Leanne's gone for her own motherwell to lift the Scottish Cup. Simon, <coughs> who do you reckon? Well, out with the obvious two. Uh, I was going to plumb for Hibs, but I think right. Rob has kind of talked me out that tonight, just the way that game's setting up. There might be a wee upset. So I'm looking at Aberdeen at home against Edinburgh. Maybe Aberdeen. Mm. Might be there, yeah. I'm going to give you the Cove Rangers lineup just briefly, which Joe's just given to me. I'll give you it in a second or two. So you're going for Aberdeen then, obviously, um, to win at the weekend. Auchinleck Talbot against Hearts lunchtime on Saturday. Leanne, could be, yeah, could, could another, have been upset. Well, yeah. I think that's what the Cup's probably shown us over the years, that there's, there's always an upset to be had. Another brilliant occasion. You know, Auchinleck Talbot have been a team that we've watched now for a number yeah. of years in the Scottish Cup and followed that journey. Um, they've certainly had a fair mm. few gigs on BBC Scotland as well, so they must be glad <laughs> must be glad of that in their cup run. Um, but you would expect, again, Hearts to be too strong and one that Robbie Nielsen surely will prioritise as, as an opportunity. Won't be easy. Won't but, be easy. My, my family is from, well, half my family is from Auchinleck. Right. I know the t- I know the, the town really well. Uh, I've followed them winning many junior cups when I was a youngster, mm. and they have. I think they've taken a few scalps. Mm-hmm. Did they not beat Ayr? Yeah, yeah. A couple of years ago, they did. Yeah, huge yeah. so yeah. ha- I think they've played Hearts before as well, but it was at Tynecastle. Yeah. This it's a home tie. Mm-hmm. It could be a an interesting one down at Beechwood. Burn season as well. You never know. We're getting close to the 25th. So I'll just go through. So Aberdeen to win against Edinburgh City. Kelly, Dundee United. We'll come back to it in a second. Livy, Ross County. Simon. Difficult one. Mm-hmm. Both teams with a good win at the weekend. I'm going to go with Ross County. Right. Wow, Ross County. Leanne saying mm-hmm. scoring goals. Yeah. Mm. yeah, no, I think, again, it'll be a tough tie. Um, okay. I think Ross County will take a lot from that result the other night. And it could be one that they go on and kick on again what about your own team you've got Motherwell against Hamilton at the weekend the women's game is that on Sunday yes yep. Yep, Sunday afternoon 2 o'clock New Douglas Park uh, Lanarkshire well, Derby yeah. so no one that we're looking forward to and, and certainly one that I'm sure Hamilton are as well Motherwell Morton yeah, yeah they've got to bounce back you know and I think they were bitterly disappointed with that result the other night especially with the, the player advantage to travel to Dingwall and yep. I can only imagine what the bus journey on the way back would have been like but what you've seen from Motherwell this season, they've responded well, you know, when they have had poor results. So I expect the same. So the well. Do you agree, Simon? Yeah, Just I think yeah. Having I think said Mother- that, what a run Morton are on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven, seven goals without reply. Yeah, some good results. Partick but. Thistle against Airdrie. What do you reckon, Simon, your old team? I think Partick. Airdrie are doing well. They're doing well. They're doing really, doing really well. But I think Partick at home, I think they will shade that one. I'm going to go Airdrie as an upset. Are you? Yeah. They are flying, I yeah. know. Yep. And Air United, St Mirren. So, Leanne, what do you think? St Mirren for me. Going for yeah, St. I think Mirren. Air are yep. struggling. Air are struggling mm-hmm. just now. Um, you they did get yep. a good result, I think, last week, the week before. Um, but yeah, so yeah. did St Mirren. So yeah. I think for them it will be another opportunity to, to go and get another positive result. Sam. Yeah, I, th- I think the same, St Mirren. I think they a really good result at the weekend, uh, midweek. And as much as Air, I think they beat, it was Arbroath, I think St Mirren will win that one. And Hibs Cove Rangers then tonight. You started the day thinking, well, maybe Hibs get to another final. What do you reckon? Hibs Cove Rangers. I still think Hibs. Yeah. I still think Hibs. Yeah. I think Hibs will edge it. Maybe even a 2 1, something like that. It could be. It'll be tight. tight. I think it'll be a good game, but I think Hibs. 
Well, tomorrow night, Barry will be here along with Rob and Mark Guidi and getting ready for the, the game on Saturday. 5.15 his game. There's a, a great card this weekend. Well, it's been quite an evening, hasn't it, in the show? Excellent. Jack Ross was, uh, I think, really? uh, great to listen. Thanks to everyone who's been on and said they enjoyed that interview with him. Darren Young as well, really refreshing to hear him working at Remax during the day, selling the houses and uh, putting the house in his Sterling Albion against Rangers. No, he was practical, he was reasonable, but uh, I think they are going to enjoy it. Thanks so much, Liam. We'll see you soon. And yep. Good luck uh, in the you. derby. But as a Hamilton kind of Blantyre guy, then uh, <laughs> oh, might be there on Sunday, <laughs> might come along. And uh, Simon, enjoy the weekend and okay. we'll see you next week too. Good man, Paul. Thanks so much, everyone. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, James. And thanks to everyone who called in and was on the socials. Uh, coming up next, it's the news and then Joe Cold Day. And we'll be back tomorrow night at five. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Hosted by Paul Cooney, Leanne Crichton and Simon Donnelly. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees, they even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.